This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. Hi, sir. Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends. Thanks for joining us here in Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, and this is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hello. Hey, Mike. Hey. Well, since we already covered the sequel to Foley and Webb, we thought we would uh, do a little commentary on Foley and Webb here, uh, the prequel to uh, In a Mirror Darkly, which is a prequel to Mirror Mirror, Something like that. We'll, we'll, I'm like sure that. we'll discuss that when uh, when we get into the episode. So, basic commentary. Same rules apply. You can watch the standard or uh, remastered on Netflix or, or Hulu. Or I guess it's not on Hulu. Blu-ray. And Amazon Prime, Blu-ray, DVD, VHS, yeah. maybe. Laserdisc. Why not? Yeah. You don't have to flip the Laserdisc over, right? Nope. Okay, good. Just making sure. Well, everybody, Mike, you want to get us started? Sure. Uh, if we start at zero on the counter, we will get this show on the road in three, two, one, start. Excellent. And there is the Enterprise flying through space, doing its thing. And here we are back in season three. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Seriously. <laughs> what the hell? are we doing in this freaking season oh all right so they're all looking off into space um we get the, the standard cold open they're looking for the defiant yeah but not the the defiant no not like the deep space nine future ship no the one that Dang looks it. just like the enterprise convenient mm-hmm <laughs> yeah and space is doing a weird thing of course yeah which we find out in next gen i i'm sorry in enterprise in a mirror darkly i believe is because the mirror universe tholians decided to break it up yeah in a chance and and actually sent a distress call in an effort to drag a ship from another dimension into theirs. Yeah. I don't know if they thought that it was going to be in from the future though. So Yeah, I don't know. Just worked out well for them, I guess. Or not. <laughs> uh depends on your point of view, I guess. Yeah. I like uh Chekhov here. He's uh nervous about about approaching another ship mm -hmm. as he should be because it's glowing green like it's yeah. radioactive yeah the space around it isn't glowing green it's just targeting it it's very well maybe interesting effect maybe with yeah with the space breaking up it turns objects in that space green and since that's the only object 
right? But right, okay. Still, it's an odd effect. Yeah. Scotty in command. Mm-hmm. I love it when Scotty's in command. And he also gives the bridge to Sulu later, so. Yeah. So here we get these suits, which to me don't work nearly as well with the helmets on as with the helmets off. They, at least they're better than the uh, Naked Time mm-hmm. space suits. That's true. These look at least like they're pretending that they're sealed. Mm-hmm. Even if they're just like beekeeper. They're still beekeeper helmets, but uh, they really the do. mesh looks more solid. They really do kind of look like electric razors. <laughs> no, I mean, they do, right? Yes, yes. Okay. That would explain a lot of why I like electric razors so much. Mm. So here we are into the opening credit sequence. Yeah. Now blue. Of course. Yeah. Because blue is awesome. Unlike the rest of season three. <laughs> now this episode isn't bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Oh, we're seeking out new life forms and new civilizations, boldly going where no one has gone before and beyond. Oh. Yeah. Did you see that start shooting on June 25th? Oh, that's exciting. Or did start shooting on June 25th, depending on... That will have been my anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, they're all in Vancouver. People are tweeting like, I just saw Simon Pegg and John Cho, Cho and Zachary Quinto going to see Jurassic World and you know, all this <laughs> stuff. So, all right, so here we are in this episode. And, of course, there's something making people go crazy and killing each other. Surprise, surprise. Now, now this bit of dialogue is, is very interesting to me. It's like, a mutiny? Oh, we've never had a mutiny before. Pe- people constantly try to mutiny on the Enterprise. Yeah. yeah. Especially in Season 3. I don't know. No one's ever mutinied on a Federation starship before. What? What? No. <laughs> yeah. I like this dramatic Kirk staring off into the bright light that is completely unexplained on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I like their nameplates. <laughs> Mick Hoy. Kirk. Like, in case, was that in case we couldn't see their face? Were they afraid of, like, the film not picking up their faces through the mesh? So they uh, were like, well, if they write their names real big, they'll be able to tell. Well, that might have been what they were doing. I don't know. In universe, you could say, well, it's just everyone has their own suit and they label it. You know, it's kind of like in in baseball where, you know, all the batting helmets have their numbers on it. Yeah, but there are only so many batters on a baseball team. I mean, like, what if they brought over Ensign Mendoza or somebody? Does he have a suit, or do they just like put a nameplate on it? I think uh, probably the senior officers get suits and the other ones have to wear whatever's there okay like the bridge crew Mm-hmm. so instant checkoff would get one because he's part of the bridge crew but 
Maybe. Does he have the, one or not? I don't know. Probably. I'm sure he does. Now, this is a strange bit for me. It's like, hey, they're drifting off. Should we, like, adjust? Yeah. Who wrote that scene? What? Oh, yep. Check off real big. Yeah. So, everybody's dead. What's weird to me in, in A Mirror Darkly is that they're all still there. Like, the guys on the bridge, why the heck wouldn't the Tholians, like, clear the bridge first before they start taking apart power couplings or whatever they were doing? I don't know. I mean, why would you? If it's just, you know, a ship that, the ship that you're trying to, you know, strip. Salvage or something? Yeah. Did, did you notice Chekhov here when he's looking in the uh, main engineering? He, uh, they just reverse the film a couple times. Oh, do they? Yeah, it's pretty bad. I guess the, he wasn't looking long enough for the cut, so they just he looks back and forth like three times. It's a little over, little overdone. I didn't, I didn't catch that. But poor Chekhov, of course, he's got to find all the bodies. He's got to start freaking out. Is he never not the person who freaks out? Well, he's really good at freaking out. I mean, as we'll see later on in this episode, we get the infamous Chekhov scream, um, which rivals his scream in Star Trek The Motion Picture, and it's pretty awesome. He just screams so much. Yeah. You can see he has the tricorder there. Um, I went to a Star Trek convention last weekend, and um, they they actually have like little, like, purses or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. that are made to look like the tricorder cases. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they got like a mirror in there and everything. <laughs> yeah. Jessica was looking for a new purse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my wife. She was like, oh, this is cool. How much is it? And then she went on Amazon and found it for like $7 cheaper. (laughs) Oh, ghosts. Yeah. Dead ghosts. It's not very scary. No. The the effects aren't bad if you don't look at the edges. Yeah, it's fine, you know. Standard old school effects. Man, I wish we had behind the scenes like behind the scenes documentaries that making the original series would be really cool. Yeah. Like how they do that. Probably put a table in front of a blue screen and It's a lot of work for a third season episode. <laughs> yeah. And there's that poor guy. At least it's not Kyle. Mm-hmm. Andy would have flipped out if Kyle broke the transporter again, <laughs> which I still haven't noticed. Kyle being incompetent. But you have to have somebody who's incompetent in order to, uh, in order to make Scotty look better. There's no one incompetent on the Enterprise, right? I I, I don't know. I mean, isn't that the thing? Supposedly. 
but it certainly seems like a lot of the transport technicians maybe they just have bad luck I guess this is a good use of a bottle show, you know, saying like, hey, we're on a different ship. It's clever. It yeah. just, well, we'll turn the lights off and it's another ship now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody go over here so I can beam you up. Goodbye, Captain Kirk. <laughs> we'll miss you. I like how their bodies start to appear, but they're still here. Like it's it's like well, they're still on the other ship, but like the the pattern is. Well, theoretically, if we because because they they appear and then disappear and then we cut back to the other ship. So theoretically, if we were to cut back to the shot of them on the Defiant, when they'd be fading he, in and out. Yeah. Mm. Got him. Good job, Scotty. <laughs> Holding his breath. I like that uh, check off. Yeah. After he takes his helmet off, goes over to the TV. <laughs> Kirk's like, uh, guys. <laughs> now would be a good time. <laughs> I just like Kirk's just like, uh, guys, uh, guys. I do like the, uh, the, the spacesuits when the helmets are off and how it's got that little like thing, which is, I guess, supposed to be like a clasp or something. And it just like sticks up there. I think that's a cool design element. I've not seen that detail. I like it. Yeah. I don't like the giant black things well, that's what like, I'm talking sticking about. up over there. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Oh, they're talking about the little things on the side. Mm. Let me push this jelly bean. I think Chekhov looks better in the spacesuit than in his normal uniform. Yeah, I don't know. He looks more badass, even if it's shiny and bright purple. That was one thing at the convention they had, like, uh, you know, they do their, like, music video contest or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, like, an annual thing or a convention thing or whatever, but the winner was uh, this woman who, um, she's like, yeah, back in the day, me and my friends, we all love Star Trek, but there's no one better than Chekhov. And the whole thing was basically just, like, a a love letter to Chekhov, you know? (laughs) Showing how amazing he is, how dreamy he is. Okay, and yeah. I guess it worked. That was that was the idea. Mm-hmm. There was another one where, like, the guy who ran the convention, he gets up there and he's like, "Okay, we're gonna have you know so and so come out, but before we do, we have a, a really special music video." And they start playing it, and I forget what the song was. But, oh, oh, it was uh, the inner light thing with the you know mm-hmm. the flute, right? And, like, the whole thing was done in slow motion, and it was basically taking you 
of course, since it was done by a Star Trek fan, it's in in-universe chronological order. So starting with Enterprise and working your way through Voyager or whatever, completely skip the JJ verse, but that's mm-hmm. okay. And it was just like kind of like slow slow motion stuff. Like my wife turns to me and she's like, "Are all these people dead?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "No, that's just all of Star Trek." Uh, but it really does feel like that, right? It's like, um, it's like R.I.P. Star Trek. You know, you were good. I mean, maybe it was R.I.P. Um, Prime, Prime Universe. Prime Universe. Yeah, that must have been what it was. It's but entirely I, possible. I still don't know what makes it very special. I mean, it I was well done, but at the same time, I'm like, what's what are they going for here? I don't understand. But anyway, um, Star Trek so, conventions. Yeah. So we missed uh, McCoy being on the bridge just in time for Chekhov's freakout. We also missed... Which is useful. We also missed Chekhov's scream, which is great. And instead of like... I like... When when Spock grabs his head, I'm like, oh, he's gonna like mind meld with him, calm him down. No, he just shouts at him and then pinches him. Yeah, and then there's that weird POV shot. That's a uh, that's two checkoff POVs this episode. Yeah. Be maybe be interesting to rewrite this episode from his POV. Yeah. Of course, at this point, I'd be happy with any sort of retelling of anything. Well, maybe that's what the Tholian webs will be. Oh, is this what? That's the next. Uh, the next comic is going to be the Tholian webs. Oh, like yeah. Alien and Aliens. Yeah. So we're gonna meet the Queen Tholian, and I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, maybe the Queen of the Chekhovs. I don't know. If it's from his perspective. Oh. Maybe there's like a colony of checkoffs. <laughs> and then like one big checkoff who screams louder than all the others. Right? Because I mean that's what checkoffs do. They have that amazing scream. <laughs> yes. So so in the JJ verse, somehow they've they've grabbed a copy of Prime Universe Checkoff. Mm-hmm. You know, another, uh, like when they did for Phase 2, the fan series, how they had a where they Walter killed, Koenig. And they killed where him? Where they killed him? And then brought that, him back in the next episode? Like That was interesting. <laughs> but, like, to, to an excuse to have Walter Koenig, old Walter Koenig cameo in a comic book, I guess. Yeah. You can have him be the, the lead mm-hmm. checkoff, the checkoff queen. Yeah. I'd read that. Well, you will. Yeah. Oh, scary Tholian. He's so scary, but with his slightly turning left to right. I think they did something to the film here, right? I mean, it looks like it might be a negative image or something. That's what I'm guessing. I wonder what the actual Tholian puppet looked like in terms of color or whatever. I don't know. It's a good effect. To make it look weird. We could always screen grab it and <laughs> inverse it, see what happened. Yeah. Again, behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And I like the film reversal on the Tholian, too. The trails that are going up start going down. Mm. Yeah, you think you'd have enough footage of just a puppet sitting there looking from left to right. Right. Oh, well. Can't win them all. Mm-hmm. I like this whole thing. We got to stand here and wait for Kirk to reappear. Let's stand here. Here come the Tholians. Well, we, we need, we're just going to stand here. Just just let us stand here for a bit. That's oh, weird. Ooh, this guy's POV too. Yeah. I'm checking out Chapel. All right. Oh, oh, he was checking out McCoy. Oh. It's a different story altogether. It's cool, the use of wide-angle lenses and stuff, and just the handheld things kind of bouncing around. I like that. It's good. Watch out. Come on, Chapel, help him. Come on, Chapel, help him. No, yeah, just stand there. (laughs) Oh, God, I can't tell which one is McCoy. Yeah. The two... Okay, that one's McCoy. (laughs) I honestly couldn't tell which one was McCoy. Their stunt doubles were real bad. You gotta look at the pants, I guess. They are wearing different shirts, but it was hard to tell at the quick angles. That you was, think you'd just have the stunt double be the one who attacks him. That was really dainty of, of Chapel. And then all she does is like shoot him with the hypo spray, and then she checks her hair. I mean, come on. <laughs> what if Spock came in? I guess that's true. Well, Spock will be here because there was an attack. Let me fix my hair. And here they realize that the Tholians just messed everything up. Way to go, Tholians. Gosh. It's like Why we, are you defending your space and stuff? It's like we totally would have been out of here if you hadn't shown up and told us to leave. Hmm. They didn't know. They weren't listening. Yeah. Because they don't know what the mirror past universe them is doing. Yeah, yeah. Or has already, will have done. Yep. Spock looks like a badass in the... So here we go. Everybody at their baddest ass. We've got Spock in the command chair. Mm-hmm. We got Chekhov in his... Well, he's not in it anymore, but his spacesuit. Mm-hmm. McCoy's got his short sleeves on. Yeah. Uh, Sulu still has his shirt on, so it's not his best episode. Yeah. Scotty's got his new haircut, which is good, I guess. Apparently, James Doohan really liked the new haircut. He, like, campaigned for that. <laughs> and, um, but Kirk, Kirk, well, I guess Kirk gets to have a monologue, has have an extended monologue. True. So that's that's good. Well, I mean, I'd say his best is a floating, semi-transparent. You think that's his best? Sure, why not? Mm. And Uhura gets to, like, do stuff. She gets to... uh, Even though it is kind of like... She's like, hey, guys, hey, guys, check this out. This is something really important. They're like, 
Shut up, Uhura. You're just hallucinating. Let's, You're crazy. Let's strap you to a, a bed. It's <laughs> it's very good that they weren't just like, oh, you're a silly woman. Yeah. They didn't downplay it as being, you're just a crazy woman. We all miss with Kirk, and you're you're stupid. Yeah. It is in the context of, well, everyone else is going crazy, so it looks like now it's your turn. And she's like, Aha, okay. Progress. Yeah. And then once they realize that she's not crazy, they do make a point of undoing her restraints and saying, guess they, what? You're not crazy. They do more to help her in this episode than they do when Nomad wipes her memory completely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whatever. I will bring that up forever. Because it's not like Nomad's like, I'll give you all your memories back. The last we see of her, she's learning how to read again. Yeah. I mean, the big <laughs> problem with that is the next episode when she's just back at her station like nothing happened. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. But at least in the episode with something like, look, I was able to, you know, her memories were just over here. Nomad yeah. moved them. But that's not what it was. You know, the way that they left it, it should have been like, okay, well, Uhura's... Not on the show anymore. She's in, in rehab for the next five years, you know? It's like, hey, the, there's that, and then there's the one from Next Gen. Maybe that's why she doesn't know Klingon in Star Trek Six. There you go. There you go. She did learn it, but, but then, then Nomad she... wiped it, and they never. she never relearned it. Yeah. No, I, you know, they they do the same thing in Next Gen with Worf in that episode where he breaks his back and yeah. has to get a new one yeah and then it and then the next it. episode he's getting thrown around like he always is yeah yeah <sighs> the wharf effect have you read about that no the uh it's a it's a trope on tv tropes the wharf effect is uh when a new bad guy comes along and he kicks your strongest guy's butt yeah I mean, before you even started saying what the wharf effect was, I I guessed what it would be. The yeah. guy, the guy who's there to get beat up by someone else to show that they're super strong. Exactly. Yeah. And here we see the Tholian web. Yes, halfway through the episode. I always thought that this was kind of a cool effect because you see, I mean, just the way that it's done on the view screen mm -hmm. where like you don't actually see the whole thing wrap, wrapping around or whatever. It's just like, here's a line and then here's two lines going in the other direction and now we've got some cross stitching or whatever, you know, I mean, I, I like that. Although it looks like they zoomed out the, the camera on the, yeah. the view screen for that shot. You got to have dramatic camera views. Well, I mean, maybe the computer automatically scales back. Like, you've got two ships on the screen. Let me zoom back a bit. Well, I figure with the crew... Or of, Sulu's moving it. With the crew of 400, right? They probably have somewhere in the ship is like a, a master control or a control room mm -hmm. where you have, you know, someone sitting down there at like a, a you know, Grass Valley switch or whatever switching camera angles like a technical director oh right yeah oh that's what i want to do i want to be in starfleet <laughs> i want to be a technical director on starfleet uh i'm pretty kidding. sure that job's been replaced by a computer probably yeah yeah 
Well, I don't know. A computer wouldn't have the feel, the dramatic flair that you would need. Because that's one of the things, like, why do they have 400 people? Well, because human intuition is always better than a computer. That's the moral of, like, eight episodes of the original series. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe there's a video switcher. There is a video switcher guy because the computer doesn't get, like, the dramatic zoom. It just zooms randomly. The computer mm-hmm. doesn't know what it's doing. So here they are stuck in a Tholian web. And they're having a funeral service for, for Kirk. Yeah. Why are you still there? It seems rather premature to have They're this there service. because they're hoping that he comes back, but let's have a funeral service for him. Yeah. Before we try to escape. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. You should have a funeral for yourself. You're in a Tholian web. Yeah. Which the Tholian webs in Enemir Darkly are much faster than this. Yeah, they're just like, but you, you got to assume, I guess, that uh, mirror universe Tholians have mastered web technology. I guess, because they're more at war with everybody else than just defending their territory. Right. The Tholians in the uh, Prime Universe are uh, very big into sports. So, like, they're all really good at baseball. Um, okay. Their football t- team is uh, unmatched, uh, whether it's American football or international football. Uh, badminton is is one where they excel, and uh, they're also good at curling. However, that makes sense. However, their um, their their web making technology is behind the times. Oh, because they're all either watching or playing sports see sports is holding back society i guess so um but then in the uh in the mirror universe they're just really into trapping and killing things okay fair enough i'll allow it yeah so a guy went crazy at kirk's funeral and they kept going why (laughs) that's how funerals go sometimes At my funeral, I want you to be the guy who freaks out. <laughs> okay, I can do that. I can do that. And I'll I'll leave you a, a a recording. I've always thought it would be good to have a funeral like um they have for Jordy and uh Roe in Next Gen. Oh yeah, the party? Yeah. I just watched that episode. That always seemed like like the good well, thing to do. Yeah, especially if you got Riker there on trombone. Yeah, right? Yeah. That's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Although it doesn't make any sense why they weren't going through the floors when they were fading, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring it up anyway, but yeah. Mm. It's always nice to see Admiral Kane running around through walls. It's really cool. Anyway, that's yeah. not this series at all. No, that's okay. It's probably a better episode than this. Now we're going to get emails about that. (laughs) I want that medal. Come on, Anovos or QMX or whoever. Yeah. Kirk's medal of whatever the hudge. (laughs) The who's a fudge medal of whatever. Yeah. And it's nice that Kirk left a message like this. 
I wonder how many messages there are. Yeah, because uh, this one seems tailor-made to this particular situation. And it's weird because this is the situation where the two of them are acting basically like the other would act. So it's like, how did you know that they would all just completely collapse when you died? <laughs> I know I'm your focal point, so you're going to screw up real bad when I'm gone. Because it's like the whole thing is like Spock's like, we need to stay because he's a member of the crew. And and Bones is like, you don't know what you're doing as a captain. Why would you stay and risk everyone else's life? It's like that is literally the exact opposite of what the two of them would say under normal circumstances. Yeah. Spock would be the guy who's like, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. We need to leave. Kirk would leave. That's what that's what we should do. And yeah. Bones would be like, how can you leave Kirk? You can't leave him. You can't leave him. He's the best. Huh. He's so good at parties. <laughs> so it is kind of strange. But like, okay, so, so maybe this is the message. All right, if I die, he's got like, a thousand permutations. Okay, if I die and Kirk or uh, and Spock and McCoy are still alive, this message. All right, if I and Spock die, this message for Scotty. If I and McCoy die, this message for Spock. If I and Uhura die, then this message for Rand. You know, like mm-hmm. could be anything. Could be. He's just bored. That's what he does in his <laughs> spare time. Because like I know I'm so invaluable that people can't deal without me if I die. So I want to see that conversation uh, with Kirk and McCoy. Hey Bones, I made a video of uh, you know advice for you and Spock in case I die and you guys are still alive. <laughs> That's morbid, Jim. Well, yes, it is. You guys have got to balance each other out. Because I'm not there to balance you out. Idiots. I forgot to turn the subtitles on, so I don't remember what he says. But oh, he's saying, <laughs> I'm just summarizing. Uh, ask his advice, and if you find it sound, take it. Ah. Uh, Bones, you've heard what I've just told Spock. <laughs> yeah. Bones looks uncomfortable in this situation. He's like, "It was his uh, idea." He's like, "I shouldn't have." I, you know, these things are always awkward. Uh. Hey, but at least McCoy wasn't planning mutiny with Scotty like he is every other time. Spock's in command. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Especially in an episode that, uh, especially in an episode that's, uh, uh, where they talk about how nobody's ever mutinied on a spaceship before. Yeah. That'd be in bad form. Yeah. I know we just said nobody mutinies, but I'm totally going to mutiny. Now you get the award of whatever the fudge. (laughs) Thank you, Doctor, but I don't think that's how awards work. Yeah, see, this just caused awkwardness between them. They're like, uh, I, we. And that's why they um, lie to Kirk at the end. <laughs> like, oh, what? We didn't watch a video. What? <laughs> You're my best friend. I love you too. 
Hugs. Oh. If that TV screen wasn't in the way, that would have been kind of a touching, you know, empty chair. Mm. And nobody can fill Kirk's quarters. So here we get to this see Uhura's the, quarters. This is the least flattering thing you could put on Nichelle Nichols. Yeah. Her hair is very strange in this episode, too. I'm not sure what they were doing with that. It's a nice plant. Bright pink. Yes. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. He's in... He's, he's in... not in the wall. He's behind her, but she's talking to her mirror. No, see, he's phasing in and out of the mirror universe. <gasps> Get it? Oh my, oh, god. my god. Oh, my God. See, it was all there. It was all there. From the beginning. We just needed Mike Sussman to put it all together for us. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hora, you're a crazy person. Yeah. But it wasn't that the other people were hallucinating, right? It was right. just that they were like... Screaming like Chekhov and yeah. punching people. There was something she's not was punching people, off, but oh. it's weird because I have this impression of this episode whenever I think about it. Like if I'm going into watching it, that this is the episode where basically the Tholian web shows up, and then you just see disembodied Kirk floating around the ship for like the entire episode. <laughs> but that's really not what goes on here at all. You barely see... Well, for one thing, the Tholian web doesn't show up until halfway through, but then you barely see any floating uh, Kirks. Yeah, why don't you guys try to escape or do anything? Well, I don't understand. Because the web isn't complete, so... Right? They could they There's could just still leave. time? I don't know. I don't know. I mean at some point it seems to make sense where it's like, okay, we've got this much time until the web is complete. Let's leave at this time. I still want one of those blocks. The floppies. I'm surprised you're chapel just with a new one. Buy them off of eBay, right? I I we say that every time and I never look. <laughs> I mean QMX could easily make those charge 20 bucks a pop it's a piece of wood yeah <laughs> spray painted yellow yeah poor check off you know i mean we i i well i um when i went to this uh this this convention, you know, John Tenuto was giving a talk on the uh, um, merchandise for Enterprise, mm -hmm. and one of the things that he said was when they made the toy phasers, they were so well done that they ended up using those on the show rather frequently. I've heard that before. Yeah. Like that's awesome. So you can actually like it's a screen. It's like a screen accurate replica because yeah. they actually use the toy on screen. And when they shot in a mirror darkly and they had to have all of the stuff from, from the original series, 
they used the toy phasers from the original series as the props <laughs> on the show. So you can get screen accurate TOS phasers just by the toy. Screen accurate TOS phasers as seen on Enterprise. Yeah. That's close enough. Defiant style phasers. Yeah. Captain, everything's going crazy. Everybody's going crazy down here. <laughs> Including me? So, is he supposed to be transparent, or is that just a... Yeah, he's uh, supposed to be transparent. Okay. Or is it just a bad effect? No. Well, it is a bad effect, but he is supposed to be <laughs> transparent. <laughs> yeah, Scotty. I've never really noticed Scotty's hair. It, is, it does look Well, it's good. not. This is kind of like an in-between thing, but there's some where he's got like the straight up, you know, where they, uh, like like in, um, you ever see the man who wasn't there or whatever? Mm. No. Where like they, they have that like 50s style haircut where like they comb it back. And then they like push it forward to make sort of like a box in the front, okay. kind of thing. Yeah, that's how it usually looks in season three, and that's what um, James Doohan apparently preferred greatly. So the retro style, yeah. Which back in nineteen sixty nine might have been fairly modern. Someone posted a picture. It might have been Quinto himself of Quinto. Mm-hmm. With, with with the bowl cut getting all ready. Oh, yeah. He didn't shave his eyebrows, though. That's what I was hoping that picture was. The time is near. <laughs> I, I suppose he probably waits to the last minute to do that. Yeah. That's dedication to play, Vulcan. Yeah. Keeping your, your eyebrows shaved for months at a time. Yeah. Especially series. Well, now nobody thinks. So all of a sudden, because now everybody can see it, it's not that they're all going crazy. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's totally a, really Kirk. Right, since it's a a shared vision, you know. I mean, that makes sense, right? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yes, I am. Okay, that means we're not crazy. Unless they're all going crazy in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Doesn't that guy look like Bashir? He did. That was terrifying. Yeah. That's Bashir's grandfather, right? Because we meet his grandmother. On the Enterprise. Potentially in Trouble with Tribble. So that's his grandfather. The two of them met on the Enterprise. and <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> wow. So this episode does cross over with every other crossover episode with TOS. Yeah, we have to add that to the uh, headcanon thread on the the Babel conference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like that... Uh, so, so Chekhov here, he was strapped down and like his arms were... His wrists were restrained with these seatbelts. But... Uh, Uhura would just had one across her waist. You know, if she wanted to scratch somebody, she totally could. 
Yeah. But I guess she wasn't acting violent. So they knew something was different about her. You jerks. Hey, they and they put her in a... a they took her out of her pajamas and put her in a some scrubs or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess sometimes the restraints are... Because they're variable, right? Uh-huh. And I remember when my dad... My my dad was in a coma uh, after he got um, like run over by a semi truck. Good and, lord! <laughs> and um, he was, you know, he had like a feeding tube and everything, and like he had restraints on because even though he was in a coma, he'd still be moving around and stuff. And uh, apparently, the restraints weren't as tight as they probably should be. And at one point, while he was in the coma, he actually ripped the feeding tube out of his his throat. Oh, jeez. So, you know, maybe they should have tied Uhura down further, but, well, she didn't have a feeding tube, so I guess it was okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there is, you can you can vary them, I guess, depending on the severity of the situation. Right. This is great. This whole thing with Scotty being like, what? This is, this is deadly. <laughs> And then he's like, that's "Does how, it, Mitch? Mix you know with it's good, scotch? you know." He's like, "Don't worry, Scotty. I, you know, poured it through a loaf of bread, so it, it's all good." Now, apparently, that was a thing that people did. I don't what? Know, have you seen the Master, where no. he's like making like moonshine and stuff like that? And it was like based on, you know, real stuff. And like these guys, you know, especially like I guess in the military and stuff during World War Two, when they couldn't get alcohol. They would take things like use like, um, you know, uh, um, f- uh, what's it called? Like uh, fuel, like like uh, like tanker fuel or whatever for the boats. And you just wow. like take that stuff and then like literally like pour it through like a loaf of bread and be like, well, that's OK, because that'll, you know, filter it out. So now you can drink it. It'll be fine. That's terrible. <laughs> That movie's crazy. But anyway, yeah. I'm sure that's what, what what Bones did. He just poured it through a little loaf of bread. I, I do like that it cures insanity. Yeah. Based on, you know, holes being ripped in the fabric of alternate universes. Yeah. But they don't really establish, like, in, in, in Amir Darkly, the Tholian webs, like, close in. Uh, we can only assume that it does here, but they're just like, oh, the web's almost completed. Right, we don't really get to that point, right? I mean, we don't see... Yeah. <laughs> you you want to do something about that? He's just floating out there, you guys. <laughs> Somebody do something about that. <laughs> it's a good thing he's in his suit. Yeah. That's probably why they're in the, he's in the suit. <laughs> I love the effect of the Enterprise in the remastered effect of the Enterprise in the void. Oh. It's just lit by its its uh, windows and oh, really? cells. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm watching the original, the original effects. 
I was. I did when I was watching this episode for like the first half. I was watching it on Netflix, so I did see the um, the remastered effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, uh, this is the weird thing. And it's like, I noticed it when I was watching In a Mirror Darkly as well. It's like, you know, they're like, well, the effects from the original series are old and they don't hold up. So we'll mm-hmm. make new effects for today. And it's like, yeah, well, now we're 10 years down the road and the effects from today don't hold up either. So now you've got, <laughs> you kind of should uh, redo it. Yeah. You've got effects that don't hold up mixed with an aesthetic which doesn't match. So, hmm, okay. Sounds like something else that I'm familiar with. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Mixing film shot in 1977 with CG from 1997. They did they did CG for a version of Annie Hall? Yeah, uh there's there's a bit uh with the lobsters. They added extra lobsters in the background. Oh, and it doesn't hold up, huh? I think right. I've only seen the original theatrical version. Oh. Uh. Mm. Oh, well. That, that is that movie, right? I think that's the only Woody Allen movie I've seen, so. Oh, yeah? Mm. You should see Everyone Says I Love You. No one pays attention to that one, but it's great. <laughs> it's his musical. What? Yeah, he did a musical... But it stars, like, actually Natalie Portman's in it, like a little 14-year-old Natalie Portman. Oh. And uh, it's got, like, uh, Julia Roberts, Drew Barrymore, Tim Roth, Alan Alda, Goldie Hawn, you know, all these people. And the best part about it, Edward Norton's in it, too. The best oh, part The best part about it is, like, all of these people do their own singing and dancing. Cool. So like some except for Drew Barrymore, she chickened out with the singing. But everyone oh. else, everyone else does their own, and they are varying degrees of good. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> but that's just part of it, you know. Like all of a sudden, Woody Allen's singing, and it's like, why are you singing? That's terrible. But it's it's a very funny movie. I I highly recommend it. So. Here they are lying to Kirk. Like, I left you a video. Did you not watch it? What? Video, huh? He's very sad about it. But how is Spock... I worked really hard on that video. How is Spock lying about it, though? Spock's not saying anything at all, really. No, he's he's like, what? There wasn't time. I mean, he actually does lie, you know? That Yeah. No, What's you see, the crisis was upon us and then passed so quickly, Captain, that we... Uh, I still don't understand why exactly they lie. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, you you know, people do this all the time where like they they do something and you just don't want to have that conversation. You know, you just don't want to talk about it. So you You pointed out all of our faults. No. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't. Because, you know, then the follow up is going to be like, well, yeah, you were right and blah, 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 blah. And they don't want to. They're just like nah, 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 not in front of the nah. Klingons, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there we are, the end of season three. Wait, what? For us, we're not going to talk about <laughs> season three ever again, right? I again, know we again. keep on promising. Who, whoever but the fans who, love it. Yeah, whoever's out there who's like, you guys don't talk about season three enough. 
I hope that you are enjoying all of this and all of the blue font that goes <laughs> with it and all of the crap. The blue font makes it worth it. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's crazy. Um. So, yeah. That's it. Yeah, but that's a good episode. It is a good episode. It's fine. And we'll talk about it some more in, what, a few months or whatever when the uh, comic comes out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. Well, it was fun talking about the Tholian web today, but that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. You know, watching it live to three months after the series ends to watch the Mirror Universe episodes. You're like, you're but, like uh, whoa, man, I heard season three got dark, but this is crazy. <laughs> it got darkly. Oh, Earl Grey. We divide the ship into one of two ways. Port goes to port. <laughs> I better not see any starboard guys on the starboard phaser target practice. You guys know which side of the ship you're on. The orb. And so they cannot impart to him the knowledge that he needs in order to raise his son. And Worf doesn't want to raise a human son. Like you said earlier, he didn't get the son that he wanted. He wants to raise a Klingon son. The ready room. We knew that Spock was popular, and we knew that Dad had some fans, but we were not prepared for what we saw happening in the social media, in the print media. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the New York Times reported that they got more hits on Dad's obituary than any other person personality in the history of the paper. To the journey! You're not a member of our race or a member of our culture, so we're going to say no. Hmm. That's kind of boring and yet i don't know what else to do oh screw you <laughs> sorry buddy warp five i remember watching broken bow when enterprise first debuted when i was in high school and i remember revisiting it now in full and i had forgotten the fact that future guy had actually played an integral role from the get-go with silic and the sulaban which we'll talk about later in the show commentary trek stars it's all of these top-notch filmmakers like People like Walter Murch, who literally wrote the book on editing. He, like, those guys all teaming up to make a big action kids movie, I think is really cool. The 602 Club. I think he's very much recreating that THX feel, and you may, di you may disagree with it. You may not think it's, you know, it's great, but it's on purpose. He wants that world to be that way. Let me just say, conceptually, I agree with that. In terms of execution, that's where I think he failed. Literary Treks. It's amazing to me, as I reread these stories, how much of it I just kind of think of as Deep Space Nine these days, even though it wasn't part of Deep Space Nine, <laughs> you know, the, the actual series. Axonar, the official podcast. It is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic. The aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment, it had its time, and there's a certain amount of charm still to that, but it doesn't allow you to push the narrative forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back, in my opinion. Women at Warp. So she definitely knows cats. I say that right off the bat. She knows cats and bones. Yes, definitely. Of course, bones would get annoyed with all the cat fur. 
And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out those shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or you can stream from the website. You can visit Trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. Let's tell everyone where they can contact us if they'd like to get their thoughts on today's show. They can go to Trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose send a show and choose standard orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use a tab on the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail using webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners at our Facebook group, The Babel Conference. In social media, you'll find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under our username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? Well, you can find me right here on Trek FM doing commentary Trek Stars with John, and you can also find me on my own website, commentarytrackstars.com, doing commentary Trek Stars off-topic and commentary Trek Star Babies. So uh, check that those out. You can also find me on Twitter at Mumbles3K. And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E, and on various other places around the internets and podcasts. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week, and our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive and Federation, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? I have the very first original... Star Trek novel post-motion picture, number two on the spine, I think, which is Star Trek, The Entropy Effect, written by Vonda N. McIntyre, and is narrated by Leonard Nimoy and George Takei. It's only an hour and a half, you know, you can just blow through it. A mad scientist, a murdered James Kirk, a universe collapsing onto itself, featuring a dramatic reading by Leonard Nimoy and George Takei, and enhanced with sound effects and original score. And you can get this book for free since you listen to Trek FM. Well, that's right. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you get to read or that latest novel from your favorite author. You can go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. We'd also like to thank Richard Rutledge Jr. and Renee Roberts for being our associate producers this week by supporting us on Patreon. You can find Richard on Twitter at RUT8972 and Renee at MRES underscore 1701. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Yes, thank you. You can join them by keeping us in orbit by supporting us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trekfm, you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, or be listed as an associate producer in our shows. You'll find out where the donations can go, things like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, and upgrading our equipment. Again, that's patreon.com slash trekfm, so check it out. Well, it's good times. Good times. No more. Ep- no more season three. Yeah. No more season three ever again. It's the worst. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mike. It's true. Everyone knows it. Whatever you say. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landrew. Mister Chekhov, take us out of orbit ahead. Walk factor one. Yes, sir.